Yes, Father God, we see the war. We are in the war, but you have won the war. So we thank you that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and and declared in heaven, even as your word has declared, Lord God, that your will be done, and that your, your victories come, and that you bring deliverance, healing, love, peace, restoration, and truth to your people. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. We thank you for making a way for us to walk in the fullness of your truth, of your life, of your light. And we thank you, Jesus, that you died, you laid down your life because you loved us. For greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. So we thank you, Jesus, for taking that opportunity to lay down, give up, surrender your life to the for us so that we could be set free and saved and that the price of death would be paid for so we could walk into the newness of eternal life. We thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemy. We thank you for your spirit that indwells us, that leads us into all truth. We thank you, Lord God, for the favor and the blessing and the and the direction of your holy word as you bring it to us. We thank you for creating a hunger in our hearts for your word. We thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemy. And thank you for reminding us how to use that power, not to murmur and complain, but to declare your will be done. And we thank you, Lord God, for um, protections, all kinds of divine angelic protections, the shields of God, the word of God, the promises of God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth shame, trouble, or reproach. I thank you for girding us up with courage and love and determination, Father God. I thank you for giving us wisdom. I thank you now that you give each one eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to be encouraged, that you take out the heaviness, take out the weariness. We come against that spirit of confusion, that spirit of uh, compromise, that spirit of uh, being feeling alone, isolated, unloved, abandoned. We bind and forbid those spirits that are operating in the lives and the minds and the hearts and the souls of the people who are listening today, we bind and forbid you, enemy. We command you to leave them now in Jesus' name and do not come back. And Lord God, that you'd expose the roots of those lies so these people can be, we can all be walking in a new place of freedom. And so we give you praise. We ask for your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, well, I have a question for you. Yes. How do we know that we're loved? And if we don't know we're loved, what happens to us? Well, How do we know? A lot of people have no knowledge of love. You know, we have this whole misconception about love that it's Valentine's Day, it's gushy, mushy, it's lust, it's whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this, I love you, I love me, I love ice cream. Um, but we really don't know the com- or comprehend the true love of God, I believe, because mm-hmm. if anything has been covered or or resisted in this world any element of god's character has been most battled against by satan it is to know that you are loved to know that god loves you that god is with you that he's never going to leave us or forsake us and so the opposite of love is fear so that's satan his whole element is to raise fear and and confusion and 
misunderstandings and, and play on our emotions, play on our minds uh, to just bring us down to the place of feeling very, very unloved, very uh, abandoned by God. Well, yeah, because there are so many what I call love blocks, okay? Mm-hmm. Love blocks, just our experience in life, even from the time of our you know early childhood. Yeah. Where people have been, you know, rejected, they have been uh, physically harmed, emotionally harmed, all Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And so there is like, you know, people want love, right? We we have a need for love. Right, obviously. But we don't know what it is, and most of us have not really experienced it. No. We've experienced some maybe emotional connections. Or perversions of it, maybe. Or perversions of it, or we've been disappointed, you know, from uh, parents or from, you know, other relationships. And the thing is, I think, as you mentioned, we're raised by parents who don't know that they're loved. And I believe a lot of, all of our culture, you have to get the basics before you understand the, the more specifics. The basics are in this culture, in this world, the God of this world, the principles of the power uh, the prince of the power of the air, all of them have, they covenanted to create a circumstance where we are all judged and defined by what we do, by our behavior. Mm-hmm. So Satan wants to redefine us uh, to obscure the revelation of God's goodness and God's or, being originally made in the image of God, obscure that into confusion and behavior. And I think raised, being raised by parents, even well-intentioned parents who want to see their children succeed, they do. They go back. They go about it backwards. They go about it always. Every you know interaction is mingled with fear, whether it's lecturing or scolding or egging us on to better performance or discipline. Everything that they're doing, anything we do, you know, in our relationship with another person, if it is mingled with fear, if there's a fear as a motivator, fear, well, fear. If I don't do this, you won't grow up right. You'll be. You won't be a profitable citizen, whatever. So we are always pushed to try to believe that we're not good enough. And I think we, we uh, project that concept back onto God, that he is seeing us as not good enough, and we have to prove our worth, our value, our right to be here. How many people spend their entire lives trying to prove their worth mm-hmm. by, you know, super achievement, whether it's in, you know, sports, business, even it can happen in the in the kingdom of God. That you know, I have to do this and do, do something that. to be something. Yeah. Do to be, do, do to, to be. be. Yep, and and exactly, and and so this beca- grinds away at us because we are set up in a in a circumstance in this world where we are, we we will fail. The Satan has set us up to strive on one side and set us up to fail and pull the rug out from under us on the other side until we get very exhausted, very discouraged. We lose our hope. You know, when we're young, sometimes we, oh, okay, I can conquer the world. Okay, I'm going to do all this, 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 this. By the time you get to middle age, you have that crisis where, what, this isn't going so well. I'm still not, you know, haven't made my first million. Whatever it is, even, you know, that's ridiculous because in most of the world, they don't even consider that as an option. But there, there's, you know, I think the greatest demonstration of God's love was when Jesus died on the cross and and rose again and, and t- took on, but we don't... We, we really, even that message of God's love for us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Even that message in its commonality has lost its power. Yeah, it, that we, people hear that and it kind of rolls off like water off a duck's back because, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard it so much, but we don't 
it's not incorporated into our inner being. Right. And so I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, I know it intellectually. I've heard it before, but it doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm dealing with on oh, a day-to-day yeah, exactly. basis. Exactly. Or what I've experienced of the lack of love. Mm-hmm. So we experience the lack of love, we get failure. We, we yeah, we, frustration of what we think is love. Mhm. And it and it just Rejection. it leads us into uh, a broken heartedness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I am of the view that most everybody is broken hearted in mm-hmm. one way or another. Well, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, mm-hmm. and I believe a lot of people's hearts are sick because their hope has been deferred. Mm-hmm. And a broken spirit, it says in Proverbs, who can bear it? So you're right. A broken heart, a broken spirit, are like a teacup that's been broken, and you can't pour tea into it anymore. But if you go back to um, do we really understand, like John three sixteen, for God so loved the world? You said you said it well. Our experiences uh, block us, lock us, keep us from knowing the love of God because we judge God. Yes, we do judge God through our experiences of God. And if Satan can set up experiences of God in us that are distasteful and bitter and disappointing and and frustrating and sad and beyond understanding. How could that happen if God is so good, blah, blah, blah. Then he gets us to the place where we are defeated. Satan wants to defeat us. Um, We feel that nobody understands us with this love thing. Really, love is being known. The definition of of to love is to know. And you feel like nobody knows you. Nobody really cares about you, really knows who you are, knows where you're at. Nobody really cares about where you're at. Um, That if if people do know you, if they'll take advantage of you, betray you, uh, you know, use you, uh, you feel, we feel alone and then cut off from God. And here's, here's the other bottom side of the other side of that coin. We, we believe that according to the behavior model, you know, behavior modification, the behavior model that's used in this world to judge us, to judge others, to judge circumstances that we, um, we we're taught to believe in a subconscious way, or maybe through an implication that there's something wrong with me. That's maybe why mm-hmm. people don't love me. That's why think things aren't working well. Mm-hmm. And I did some. I did something wrong, or there's something wrong with me. And that's of course Satan's main uh, declaration over our life. There's something wrong with you because he doesn't want us to know we're made in the image of God. He doesn't want us to know that we're loved by God, the children of God. So he's always trying to uh, undermine or pull away our concept of who we are. We get into the uh, a self improvement bondage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words. Uh, if I improve myself and I, if Enough. I can get better than this, if I can just, if I can stop drinking or if I could make more points or as more money. an athlete or make more money or mm-hmm. have a nicer car or w- whatever it is or have more recognition, a better position, mm-hmm. then I will, then I will be, be approved. So what we, what we mistake, Marjorie, is mm-hmm. the, the approval of men for love. In other words, yeah. if, if people, if I'm approved by people, they said, man, you're great, you're the greatest, you're good. We equate that to love. But what we're, or success. Or, or, su- or success, mm-hmm. right. We're getting um, approval by people. We feel good for a moment because we've achieved or arrived. And the reason we feel good is because we're built by God to want to achieve. We're built by God to want to uh, be praised and, 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 and acknowledged. And another thing too, why are there people that have been approved by men? They're famous, mm-hmm. they're rich, they're among the rich and famous, right? But they commit suicide. 
So what happens? Bottom I mean, line. that's not enough to make you have to have popularity. To be okay. To be okay, it's not yeah. enough because deep, deep inside, there's still that emptiness that Jesus can only feel. So really, there's a some people that say it's a love-shaped vacuum that only Jesus can fill, and I think there's a lot to that because. Um, we cannot live this life alone. We cannot live it independent of God. You can maybe run on your own strength for a while, but you can't. Ultimately, your life is going to bring you to the place where you can't live it alone. You can't live it without revel- the revelation of Jesus Christ. You can't live it without surrendering to God. You can't live it without confessing your need for help, your need for, for God. And I think confession is good for the soul. And many people, they, they resist that idea of admitting they're wrong or admitting they made a bad choice. I mean, or admitting that they were deceived. I mean, this is one of the most brutal, difficult hurdles for a human being to jump over is to recognize the fact that we have been lied to and we have been used and we've been following the wrong path, the wrong voices, whatever. And now we have to recognize that we've been duped, we've been deceived, and people don't like to do that. And this this thing with love, getting back to the love of God, that's been there the whole time. It's been there the whole time. You have a verse I think you wanted to read in Ephesians or whatever it was, but um, the the Bible is full of love, the love of God. But we we base it on experiences, we base it on our feelings, we base it on how things are going. We and and then there's all kinds of pain that comes from the lack of love or trying to find love. And then we look for the escapes, the fantasy worlds, you know, and and, and so we become actually numb and dull. And in numbness, you know, when your emotions are numbed out, you cannot feel, you don't want to feel pain. And so you can't feel pain or love. And so, and, and love is not necessarily a feeling either. It isn't, it's a revelation. It's a fact. It's a truth. But the thing is, we, we have to um, realize that our remedies are only piecemeal and temporary and, and partial and, and don't work. I'm going to read just a, a few lines from a, an old song from, came out back in the 60s. It's called What Becomes of the Brokenhearted. And um, uh, every day, heartaches grow a little stronger. I can't stand this pain much longer. I walk in shadows, searching for light, cold and alone, no comfort in sight, hoping and praying for someone to care, always moving but going nowhere. That's right. And and that's that's the truth of in so many people's lives Mm -hmm. um well but god is very very you know the the love of god is the main element that it's the whole main bottom line theme of both the old testament and the new testament it's the story of god's rescue it's the story of his provision it's the story of his continuous fight putting himself on the line being uh, taking the risk of being misunderstood to deliver us from the grip of the terrible one and we, we, very few, very, very few people look beyond the, 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 the surface, be, behind the, 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 the first presentation to look at what's really actually going on here. Yeah, in Matthew 24, it says in the last days, we'll just get to this and then we'll look a little more positive here. But in the last days, people will, uh, because iniquity and lawlessness will get to be so great, will abound, the scripture says. Mm-hmm. The love of many will wax cold. Now that's not natural affection. Paul told Timothy, says, in the last days people will be without natural affection. In other words, 
the normal human love be from parent to child, child to parent, will be just basically gone. Yeah. Okay? And that's happening. We yeah. can see it all over the place. Mm-hmm. But he said, because lawlessness, iniquity, sin is multiplied Unbelief. so much, mm-hmm. the love of many, the, and the, basically the love of most, the general pattern is the love. And the word that's used for love in Matthew 24 is the word from which we, means the love of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the love of God, even in the people of God, mm-hmm. will grow cold. Well, because that's not, we're not talking human affection there. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the love of God in the people of God is going to grow cold yes. in the last days. They're going to get weary and, and mm-hmm. full of doubt, fear, unbelief. So fear is the thing that cools down love. Perfect love, it says, in, it casts out fear in John. And so we have to understand that, let me read this in 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. So you cannot love someone else unless you know the love of God for you. And the love of God for you, the fruit of that is righteousness, peace, and joy. You're you're having peace about your righteousness. You're not worried about, am I good enough? Do I have to do more commandments? Do I have to keep check off more lists to make God happy? It's knowing that you're okay. It's really knowing you're loved is knowing you're okay. And I believe love is the foundation of healing, physical healing, emotional healing. Knowing the love of God is the foundation of of healing. And so perfect love casts out fear. But fear brings with it torment, punishment, pain. So he says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So if you're if you love, so you're, you're going to emanate that love of God. It's going to start to flow out of you. It's you're going to know, and you know God. You know God is good. You know God loves you. You know it's going to be okay. You know this is temporary. You know that the word of God is true. You know the devil is a liar. You know fear is the enemy of love. So perfect love. The more you know you're loved, the more you can resist the fear, the anxiety, the condemnation, the self condemnation, the confusion, and the lack of confidence that comes from being afraid. And it has to come as a revelation. Just, you know, hearing, oh, for God so loved the world that he gave mm-hmm. his only begotten son. We can kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. But where it has to come as a revelation, as a of, revelation knowing, of knowing. Because the revelation, yeah. I mean, he he says, by this we know love, First John three sixteen, because he laid down his life for us. That's how we know love. Mm-hmm. And, and in uh, and First John chapter 5, verse 14, he says, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his name, we know he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. Yeah, and first So it's John, a confidence in knowing. Right. And the first John um uh four nine, this is in this the love of God was manifested toward us that he has sent God sent us his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse ten. Can't, well, stop. Live through him. Is yeah. that that's where life is? It's living through our Jesus. life through him and living his. He's living his life through us. It's kind mm-hmm. of an abiding, uh, intertwining of God's life being lived out through us and our life being lived out through him. And in verses ten and eleven, and this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. It means the atoning sacrifice for mm-hmm. our sins. Mm-hmm. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also 
ought to love one another. In other words, here's the deal. The issue is, you know, our, our sins. Our, we're, we're alienated from God, and we're on our way to destruction. God has come to rescue us. Mm-hmm. You know, right now in the Middle East, they're talking about, okay, there's people held hostage by the enemy. How do we go in and get them? Well, Jesus, we're held, we were held hostage by the en- enemy, mm-hmm. Satan. Jesus has come as a... Behind the enemy the, lines. He got behind, behind the, the enemy, enemy lines. lines. Yep. He mm-hmm. came right into the enemy strongholds yes. to get us and to get us out to set us free. And to do that, he had to lay down his life. Yeah, and um, so this is, what, this is what the gospel is. This is what love is right now. It's a rescue operation. Mm-hmm. of the lost and bound and, it's and a, the ones it's a held war. captive by the enemy. Yeah, it's a war. It's a war so within us, too. being engaged in the war, in the rescue operation, that's our call, that's our mandate. But we can't be in, engaged in that rescue operation. If we don't uh, have the love. If we haven't been rescued first ourselves yeah. and know who we are. And I think part of that is just the, the assurance that I am loved, I am okay, I don't have to be perfect to be okay. I don't have to find some mysterious law that I have to do com- complete to make God happy. The requirements have been fulfilled for that, uh, for us to be eligible to be restored to God through Jesus Christ. We were made in the image of God, and then we were lost through this the conflict between God and Satan and sin. And, and I think Satan is, well, I don't think, Satan uses our sin as a big barrier between us and God because Satan knows that we are created by God to hate sin. And when we sin, which we do because we're tricked by the enemy, then Satan uses our sin against us to get us to believe that God is holy. Therefore, God cannot tolerate our sinful garbage. And so we feel like now I have to go do something. I have to take a shower to get clean. I have to take a bath to take a shower to come to God so that I'm worthy of God. I'm not worthy of God. God makes me worthy. I I can't do anything to be worthy of God's love or God's care. God wants to love me because that's who he is. That's why he made us. He made us as a family. We're going as a family on this earth in the snake pit. We are going through hell right now, all of us. And that creates all kinds of side effects and, and after effects, brokenheartedness, discouragement, pain, death, just uh, you know, wondering where's God if God is so good. All these temptations to give up on God, to give up on his love, give up on his faithfulness, but God is faithful to complete the work he has begun in us. It's really, he is the source of our victory because he has already won. So, um, you know, here he says in, in First John again, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is, has been perfected in us. So the way we know that we're loved is, and the way we uh, work with God is to, is to love one another. And how do we do that? Well, but one of the ways is by being dead. We don't take up offenses. We don't become bitter. We don't, you know, try to make things fair. Just give up on fair. Fair is not even a concept God deals with. Fair is what Satan uses. An eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, a blow for a blow. God, Nothing's fair on earth. That's right, and Satan makes sure of that. So there's not going to be any justice in Satan's kingdom. You're only going to get justice and, and exoneration and uh, in, in deliverance in God's court. So when f- things are not right in, in your life, bring the crimes that Satan has committed against you through other people to the court of God. R- surrender your right to judge them and simply forgive them, which means you're surrendering your right to judge them and you become the plaintiff 
which is easy enough to understand, and say, God, this, this crime, this injustice, this thing was committed by a spirit, an unloving spirit. I've been rejected. I've been misunderstood. I've been cast out. I've been labeled. I've been accused. Whatever. And all of that is, is Satan trying to separate us from one another through witchcraft, through divination, through deception, making things that look bad, that are bad, look good, and making things that are good look bad. That's, that's witchcraft and divination. Those are the two masterminds that are running this nation and this world right now. Well, relationships, right, between husband and wife, mm-hmm. you know, um, parents and children. Um, boss just, and just employer. Boss employee. and employer. Employee. Um, you know, brother and sister in, in Christ in the church. So Satan, me- Family members. everything mm-hmm. is just about messing up these relationships Divide that and conquer. Are intentionally, mm-hmm. that are intentionally. Uh, well, Jesus God said wants that. them to be relationships of love, and of unity, the love of Christ. And oneness. Love and wholeness. oneness of heart and spirit. That's and where we're strong. And it's just getting busted up every which way. <laughs> right. All over this well, world. Well, Jesus said that too when he was talking about the stronger man, the strong man. When the stronger man, is, and they said to Jesus, he was casting out demons by the power of the devil, by Beelzebub. And Jesus said, Satan does not divide himself. He doesn't disunite his kingdom, but that's what he's trying to do to God's kingdom, disunite us, separate us. But is the love of God that holds us together. That's the glue that holds us together in this body of Christ where we uh, forgive one another. Uh, Love covers a multitude of faults. That means love overlooks things that we could take on as offense. Love forgives, love releases, love understands, you know, that this other person was being tormented, bombarded, uh, accused, attacked. And so really what love is, is coming underneath and lifting up, bearing one another's burdens, lifting up their, their trial, lifting them up in their trial, lifting them up in their isolation, lifting them up in their brokenness, lifting them up to, to know that they are loved. It's really the love is that we have emanates from us to help us to help other people know that they are also loved that, yeah, they're going through a lot of garbage, hard things, unfair things, terrifying things, but that through all of it, they are still known by God. They're still loved by God. They're still watched over by God, Well, the, not abandoned. Right. The love of God, you know, how do people know love, know the love of God? It has to come through us, through his people. Through God loving I mean, us. So mm-hmm. how... God didn't just sit in heaven and say, okay, I love you, I love you, I love you, you know, blow kisses our way. He sent his son. Mm-hmm. And and so he, he came as a human being, mm-hmm. right, to demonstrate the love of God. And so, he gave his life on the cross as a, as a human being, yet fully human, yet fully God without sin. And Yeah. I, I, you know, so th- this is really, I mean, uh, it, without the love being expressed through his people, how are people going to lo- know love, mm-hmm. know that God loves them? It has to come through us, right? Mm-hmm. It has to come in a, in a tangible form. Now, I'm thinking in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, yeah, the love chapter. Yeah, the love chapter. Well, here, let's look at this. Let's look at what love really is. Yeah, and, and love is... It has to come as a revelation, right? I mean, all of a sudden the lights have to go on. That's you right. can just see, you know, I can say I love you, I love you, I love you, but you, you don't get it, you don't receive it, you don't 
um, uh, accepted uh, unless there's a revelation. Somehow the lights have to go on for you, right? The revelation of Jesus. Love is basically, it comes to us, the, the, the love that God has for us, it comes as a revelation. It has, well, the revelation is in the Word of God. It's that, you know, it's there, it's written, but how does it get from, our, from the pages to our mm-hmm, hearts? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's a knowing. There's a revelation, there's a knowing. I know there's a deep knowing, knowing the love of God which surpasses knowledge, mm-hmm. which, you know, so it's a knowledge, it's, it's, it's a knowing, it's a revelation right. That is beyond just having some well, kind of head thinking. knowledge. Well, it's beyond thinking. It's beyond thinking. It's beyond feeling. It's, and it's, then, and then, and then, love becomes an attitude and becomes an action act, and yeah. demonstration. Is it uh, Romans five nine? God demonstrates His own love for us, and why and we why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. So it's an action. It's a so demonstration. It's, rejoicing. it's knowing a you, showing. Yeah, knowing God's love, knowing. Um, you all go ahead and read that. Yeah, and, and for, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible, um, starting with 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, Inflated with and inflated with pride, it is not rude, rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love or God's love in us—that's what it is, really. It's God's love in us mm-hmm. does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Oh, do we have that going on today? Mm-hmm. For um, is, insisting on our own rights and our own way. For it is not self-seeking. God's love is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That's that's maturity there. Mm-hmm. It does not, verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 13, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth will prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or becomes, or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. So, um, it, and it keeps it keeps going on here that um, he says faith, uh, hope, and love, uh, verse 13. And so faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, conviction, and belief respecting a man's relation to God and divine things, hope, joyful and confident expectations of eternal salvation, love, which is true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for us and in us, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So ultimately, love is not something we can do. It is something we are because we are abiding in the love of God 
and the love of God is abiding in us. And as the love abides, as the branch abides in the vine, it begins to produce the fruits of righteousness, peace, joy, hope, goodness, health, healing, deliverance, miracles. So Father God, we thank you for love. We thank you for your love to us. Lord, I pray that you give us eyes to see it and ears to open up, to hear, to know. Not to, We can't conjure this up ourselves. Lord God. You have got to bring us the light, the revelation, the abiding. Jesus said that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed. So let us abide, Father, in your word. Know your love. Demonstrate your love. Be a conduit of your love to other people, even as your spirit is a conduit of your love to us. So we ask, Father, for an increased revelation, encouragement to the people that we are not here to gain notoriety or, or even make our lives work down here. We're here to go into the harvest field, love one another, look to you, Lord God, give you praise, and be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're encouraging you. Check out a couple of things at www.liferecovery.com. We have off, we offer all kinds of uh, things, uh, weapons, um, teachings, understandings. I'm thinking today of when life's not fair. That has to do with forgiveness. And there's another CD called Forgiveness. These are MP3s that you can download. Um, you, we need to stay fed in the word, eat the word. You have to live in the word of God right now, every day. That is like eating food to your body, reading the word. So be blessed, be encouraged, and we'll see you again soon. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.